What's going on, everybody? I want to welcome y'all to episode two of the Control Your Experience podcast. I'm your host, Alan Epps, and I'm welcoming you to control your experience at all times, not just here, but in your daily life, because that's the whole point. Um, we've got a lot to talk about today. First and foremost, shout out to Kenstra Mentals, Kenstra Mentals, like instrumentals, keys. Uh, you can find him on YouTube. He is the uh, creative behind that little bop there. Look at the coons, which you guys might have first got ex- uh, exposed to it on Instagram. Uh, right after the RNC, where Herman Cain and those assorted Negroes <laughs> were over there at their little super spreader event, just as happy as can be. Uh, but it's a whole bop, lyrics and everything. So make sure you check them out on uh, YouTube. And I'm going to thank them again for letting me use that on my pod because I'm not paying them. So, yeah, there we go. Uh, like I said, I hope everybody had a good week, good weekend. I wanted to get this out a couple of days ago, but I personally had a COVID scare. I say had because I got my test this morning. Uh, today's the seventh and, um, I haven't gotten the results back, but I'm confident that I don't have it. It started out as some, uh, weird, like, you know, like swimmer's ear when you get out the shower and you just feel like fluid in your ear. It was only in one ear and that went off like three, four days. And then suddenly my jaw started getting tight. So of course I went on the internet, started diagnosing myself and, you know, the sinuses is all back there. So I just figured it was a drainage thing. Try sleeping on the other side because it only happened right before bed. And that worked for like a day. And then it started getting really bad. So like my jaw right now feels really tight. Um, I don't know if any of you guys ever box or just got your ass whooped. But if you if you get popped uh, right in your jaw, you know, even if you don't swell up or anything, it can get real tight to move for a couple of days. But I ain't taking a loss. So I don't know what was going on. Long story short, though, uh, I was chilling, and then on Saturday, actually, when I was leaving the gun range, my nose just stopped working, Like, and it was instant. It wasn't like, you know, I have very light allergies. Typically, for my allergies to flare up, everybody who has allergies is on the verge of death. So I'm driving, and then suddenly, there was no buildup of congestion. It was just like, I'm breathing, I'm breathing, then suddenly I can't breathe. Like, somebody stuck me underwater, and my nose just wouldn't work. And that happened, that went on for like a four or five hours. I was trying to blow my nose. Nothing was coming out. So I was just like, God damn it, I got the cooties. Uh, but yeah, I got my test coming. I'm, I'm being forced into the basement. You know, they're feeding me on a on a tray and everything like that. But uh, hopefully I'll have my test within the next couple of days. But if I was still sick, my nose actually feels better now. So that's why I don't think I have it. But um, if I was, you know, I still were going to bring the pod to you guys any, any way I could. We could have done this as my flu game, like, like you know, Michael Jordan. Uh, I would have had to look up stats because I'm not really a hoop head like that. And, uh, with, you know, with my jaw tight, this could have been maybe gave y'all a hot 16. Like, my, my through the wire, but no wire. I also don't rap, so so there's that. But, you know, the pen is legendary. That That's why a lot of you are here. You guys uh, were hip to me. If you weren't already followers on my Facebook page, but you might have been now based on my little tiff I had with a relative of mine, which is a large part of the subject that we're going to be talking about, animal control. You can guess that animal. The trash pan himself, the coon. Uh, but anyway, yeah, that, that's what we're getting into today. Uh, my uncle, and I use the word uncle loosely. Um, let me preface this. I'm not the type of person to just you know, sell people out or to air people's dirty laundry for ha-has or for online clout, whatever it is. His shit came out because it was quite material to my arguments against his cooning and everything like that. 
Um, and I, I regret nothing. I don't say nothing on these internets. I don't say nothing on this podcast. I don't say nothing that I wouldn't say to whoever I'm saying it to right in their face. And if, if it's a problem, we can shake my man. Like I'm, I'm not scared to let them go. More importantly, I'm not scared of an ass whooping. You just gonna have to beat my ass and I'm probably still going to talk my shit. So it, it is what it is. You probably not going to whip my ass though. So just, just fair warning. Uh, but yeah, so I was just minding my business and my dad, who is his half brother. So my grandfather, uh, who is no, no longer with us, adopted my uncle Jamon at some point when he got with his ex, who is now ex-wife Martha, who is also passed on. And uh, so I met Jamon when I was like, was they nine, ten? They lived in Kansas City, Missouri. I spent like uh, half a summer, if not the whole summer, out there with them. You know, we were kids. It's cool. And then I live in Maryland, so we didn't really see each other that much. There was on off uh, family reunion up until my grandfather divorced his mom. And I think the last time I saw him, I was probably like 16, 17, and whatever. And, you know, no love loss or anything like that. We just live far apart. Niggas don't have cars. Like, what, when are we going to see each other? Um, you know, and when you get to the family reunion, you hear dirt about people, or as much as they'll let the kids know and everything. Uh, and I just heard, you know, he got into various trouble. Nothing crazy, but, like, you know, like, Typical juvie type shit, like, you know, drugs, um, might've been selling them. I think mostly possession. Uh, and I just assumed it was weed. I didn't really just get into people's business cause I didn't care, but, uh, stuff like that. And then after the death of his mother, who, um, she lived in Atlanta. So my dad, who is his half brother went down there to, for the funeral uh, to help him make arrangements and everything like that. And I couldn't, I was at work, um, I didn't have any time off or anything like that. I, I absolutely would have went if I could have. So up until like recently, there was no bad blood between us at all. Like, I mean, like I said, I knew he had had, had his own challenges or whatever, but that was the extent of it. And it was Jamon. He was cool. Uh, my dad came back with a little bit of tea. Uh, my dad's not even really a gossipy person, which makes this funny. <laughs> but uh, just came to find out, I asked him, you know, how's, how's Jamon doing? He's like, oh, uh, he, you know, he got a bunch of white women he got on his line and I'm like, oh, word? true. And then, you know, my next question is what they look like. And he's like, huh? Which my dad is nice. So I knew that meant, mm, but whatever. You know what I mean? And he had kids like a spade hand, you know, one in a possible, some, some that he was denying or whatever. And evidently he had gotten into it, one of the baby mamas, and they were all fight. Uh, he just thought it was funny to see them at uh, fussing at each other at his mom's uh, wake and services and all this other bullshit. You know what I mean? And mind you, before the death, at some point, he had called my dad. And again, my dad's not the one to gossip. I just have to hear about it mostly from my mom, bitching about my dad giving people money. But uh, that at some point, he asked my dad for money. Now, whether or not it was for a specific purpose or not, who knows? But I do know that we don't really rock like that. Not that we dislike you, but, I mean, we shouldn't be your first call for money. So it's got to be an emergency. So it could have been bills. It could have been bail. It could have been child support. It could have been anything. But I know all I know is you asking people for money. And my dad gave it to you, whatever. That's it's his, it's his bank. I don't care. But my mom, being who she is, uh, you know, she she did some snooping and found out that he had some open cases, and one of them was for domestic abuse. Uh, now again, innocent until proven guilty. I don't know this woman. It it could be something as simple as he yelled at me, or he grabbed my wrist, or he could have tuned her up. But from what I understand, because for some reason, these people tend to reach out to my dad. I well, not some reason. He makes himself available to people. But they, they people feel comfortable telling my dad shit. And not just people, like my Facebook friends I've found will be adding my dad, or I'm sure he adds them too if they're cute. But, uh, and just be telling my dad stuff, like, I guess, 
personal stuff. I'm like, why do you, why are you telling him this? And I realize a lot of people don't have dads in their lives or don't have good relationships. I just, you know, I mind my business as much as possible. The only reason I know anything about Jamon's issues because people told me I don't go looking for people's shit because I don't care. I got my own shit going on. But it is what it is. So you imagine my surprise when I wake up one morning for my teleworking gig and I see just this coontastic post. Like, like it's, it was just it was just fucking terrible. And uh, I'm not going to go through all of the posts here. Like I said, if you're here by now, you probably read it. If not, you can go on my Facebook. It got shared like I think the last count was like 900 something times. Whatever. But the long and short of it was that my illustrious uncle felt that anybody who bought into Black Lives Matter is brainwashed because it's just a liberal media, this, that, and third, and they nobody shows up when a gangbanger kills a gangbanger and when the Black Lives Matter. The, the typical Fox News bullshit tropes that, at best case scenario, he was just ignorant. And I don't say ignorant as a as a insult. I say it as like you just don't know the definition of ignorance, not knowing what you're talking about. But I don't I wasn't willing to float him the benefit of the doubt for several reasons. First and foremost, that as soon as he posts this, you've got white women and, and white people out there ask, yes, thank you. Tell them, tell them, brother. You know, like I'm like, this is what you're doing? Like this this don't raise the hair on your back. If you genuinely feel concerned for this community that you are a part of, whether you like it or fucking not, you know, no matter how many mediocre Becky lets you touch them like this don't bother you that they're coming up here and, and no they don't because it's stroking your ego it's making you feel like you're one of the good ones because I guess you've turned your life around which you may have I, I don't I don't and if you're watching this I don't fuck you but you may have turned your life around I don't know I'm not trying to say that you're worthless or anything like that what I'm saying is I know you fam I know you so they're stroking your ego that you're one of the good ones and you're they come out in droves to when you wag your finger at your people, boy, where were they when you were asking my dad for money? That's just that's just what I want to know. You know, you got all these white women on your call on your line, but they couldn't bail you out. They wouldn't bail you out. They won't help you pay whatever the fuck you need to pay. So that and that was my issue with him. And I tried to keep it civil at first, but I the, the rage just started. I mean, first and foremost, I broke down. You know, like black people, black lives have always mattered to black people. It, it is what it is. And before the seven years. Uh, uh, it's been seven years since Black Lives Matter, the organization was founded. But before that, and still, black people were in the streets trying to save ours. Unfortunately, we're we're, we're trying to shovel a driveway, you know, plow plow a driveway with a, with a teaspoon, and and it's still snowing. It's not like the snow has stopped. It's still snowing, but nobody wants to address the weather. Everybody wants to address the the method. And why why don't we have more spoons? Or why don't we like? So and and I tried to bring that up to him. I'm like, look. We're in the streets, okay? This is just yet another fight we have to fight. It would be nice if we could just focus on us, but the fact of the matter is there is a system here that is constantly pushing the envelope, and then, oh, by the way, they're murdering us in the streets. Stop confusing the sentiment of the phrase Black Lives Matter with the very real and very focused movement Black Lives Matter. Let me give myself a... I remember to do that, man. I spent the money on this thing. Like, like you, you're going to get these gunshots. Uh, because that's not what it is, and that's that's not why why they're here. Their scope is very well outlined, in that they are protesting against and working against the social injustice and the sanctioned state murders of black people without due process against police violence. If they're pushing for police reform, that is what they're there for. Okay, so to bring them up as an organization 
in any other conversation is beyond disrespectful. It's deflective and it's, it's an instrument of propaganda. That's, that's what it is. You're trying to shift the conversation from what they're talking about all because you can, you can take the, the name and try to shift it to a, a conversation about feeling about what you think instead of the facts at hand. That that's what it is. Because if you really gave a shit about Chicago or any of these other inner cities where there's so-called black on black crime, you will be in the streets trying to talk to these, these kids. You will be in the streets trying to do something and in the street. You will realize you were not alone because there are other people that have been there doing the same shit. The same people who go to black lives matter rallies, the same meter who people who volunteer for the organization, black lives matter. So that your, your, your so-called concern is thinly veiled and you're just putting on for these white folks. It, it was, it was cleared. And then he tried to bring up how he volunteers for the kids. Well, I like, know my nigga, I'm pretty sure that was a condition of your probation or whatever the fuck to keep you from going to jail. And I'm not saying that's not important, but the fact of the matter is you don't get to preach to anybody, not only because you are a criminal yourself, but the why you're a criminal. Okay. Because there's a difference between somebody who the odds are stacked against them, who, who schools are shit. There are no resources. Their parents are, are gone because of drug addiction uh, or, or because they were unduly criminalized, so they're doing mandatory minimum somewhere. So they have, they have to defend them for themselves. They don't know where their next meal is coming from. They don't know if they're going to have heat or lights at the house, if they even have a house. They don't know where their clothes are coming from. So, yes, they're out there in the wild making it the best way they can, not knowing if they're not caring if they see tomorrow because they don't know if they're going to see tomorrow. That was never you, motherfucker. Never you. Because you had two parents. You play. I went to your fucking football games, your football camps in the summer in Kansas City. The Midwest gets fucking hot. So that's how I noticed was in some school shit. They were paying money for you to go to football practice. I remember that. Because I remember saying, coming home and say, Dad, I want to play ball because I know I'm better than this nigga. He's just older than me. So, so that, that's burned in my mind. So you had every opportunity. I'm not saying that, you know, Maybe your relationship with my grandfather and your mom wasn't the best. I don't know. I know mine wasn't with my parents, but that I didn't become a criminal. So you you had no fucking excuse, and you did it anyway. Now life happens, and and I'm not saying that you had you don't deserve a voice or anything, but you have an obligation to think before you use that fucking voice. And if you still believe that bullshit, do what I do. Check yourself before somebody else has to. That should have been a that should have. That should have bothered your spirit to see all these white people chiming in. Yes, 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 yes. And maybe, maybe five years ago, six years ago, I would have been like, really, cuz this is what we're doing. Can we talk about this? But it's been seven years and hundreds, thousands of bodies, black bodies laying broken in the street at the hands of law enforcement. And I don't have the exact numbers. We, and most of us can recognize the, the, the well-known names, the ones that were on video, the ones that made headlines and everything like that. But since George Floyd has died, over 300 black people have been killed by at the hands of law enforcement. And that's just within a year. So we're not going to talk about the last seven years. So for you to not get it right now is a choice. It's a conscious choice. It's not a, I don't understand. If you, and if you don't understand, you don't want to understand. So that's also a choice. You are willingly becoming an agent. And I have no patience for you or any other coon that, because that to me, that is an act of violence. It's an act of war. Because we are at fucking war right now. It might be a silent war. No, Alan's not telling you to go out and shoot anybody in the face yet. But that is an act of war. You, you, it costs nothing to shut the fuck up. But you went out your way. And you were even double down. And the real thing that made me get in your ass because I saw you, oh, I'm going to make a video. 
about it. I was like, no, that's not what we about to do. You are not about to go viral with my last name with this coon shit. Nah, uh, uh-uh. no, not today. So I tried to keep it on brand, but as I, as I broke down why you were off base and every, and every aspect of your little feeble argument of who does black lives matter to, what are they doing about it? Like, like, and why, and why it's essential and why black on black crime is a myth. I realized that if anybody should fucking know, it's you. It's, and, and then I realized you do know you fucking know. Because you're, you're never the smartest person, but you ain't fucking stupid. So you're purposely doing this because the, somebody's feeding you on the other side. And, you know, the term sellout, you know, w- w- most times it's just assumed that you sell your soul. But also ain't equal because not every sellout gets gets the, the, the butter biscuits. You know, if you look at the, the main talking heads on the conservative wing to lecture black people, these are prominent people. You got Herman Cain, who they're still milking him in his grave. Herman Cain died, and his Twitter is still going in support of Trump, wagging his finger, you know, like, yay, black people for Trump. Nigga's dead. And they couldn't even bother to mention him at the RNC. I watched that whole shit show and not one mention of this coon who dedicated decades of service. Just for just just to, for the illusion of being in the house, and that was a billionaire, well, billion, millionaire at least, at the very least. You're broke, my nigga. Like like nobody listens to you. I, I didn't look at your Facebook because again, I don't do this for clout. But I would be surprised if you had more than four or five hundred friends on there. So it, it costs you nothing to shut the fuck up, but you went out of your way, and we're gonna double down with a fucking video. No, not today, not today. So and and then I had no choice but to lay it bare because it's like the fact of the matter is this this isn't a, a in the vacuum hot take that you gave that in a bubble that you just didn't know you weren't exposed to things you are in the system the only people who would care about you if you were in, still in the system right now in jail are black people because of them you're just another parrot black ass in a cot somewhere making them money. Another statistic. We are the only ones who would, who, would, who would give a shit about you. That you would even think to ask to put something on your books. And this is what you do. And for what? I could see if you were like Travis Scott and you had, you know, you, you got millions of dollars out this shit. And, and, and you were fucking a, a Kardashian or, or, or whoever, you know, Kanye, whatever. What do you get for it? Besides them average, average, average ass bunnies. And that's being kind. And the only reason I'm being kind because they didn't do this. I don't know nothing about them. I, for all I know that you're, you, this is your angle to get with them. They don't know that you don't feel like this, that you're doing it for them. And they're, and they're not the object of my wrath. It's you. So, of course, he went in and deleted all the comments and everything and then blocked me. But talking all this Ruva shit, like I won't slap the shit out of him. And, I mean, not, that's fair. He Last time he saw me, I was maybe 98 pounds, 100 pounds, whatever. You know what I mean? But... We're six years apart, my nigga, and I'm 35. I'll beat the shit out of you. And on the off chance that you still can whip my ass, you're just going to have to whip my ass. I promise you, you're not ready to take it the way I'm ready to take it. Oh, he was talking crazy to me. Again, behind the block, I got to hear about this shit. I don't go to his page. People have to just, are just hitting me up about this shit like, oh, you talking about 
you know who I get down hard. I'm like, what? Slapping around white women? Because that's what I'm pretty sure you got your case for. Slapping one of the white women. So that that's supposed to put fear in my heart. No, I'm not about to drive down to fucking Atlanta for you. If I go to Atlanta, it's because I got broads in Atlanta. Yes. Shameless designer steel. But it ain't for you, but but I can make a detour, my nigga. But I invited him up for Thanksgiving in the iJam. He ain't gonna come through because he ain't been through in years and he damn sure ain't gonna come through now when he knows it's on site. And and I mean that it's on site. Like I don't intend on seeing him, but when I see him, it is what it is. I, I haven't seen that man, like I said, since I was seventeen and I'm thirty five now. So if if it stays that way, good on it. Good good for you, good for me, whatever. But if it don't, more to follow. But that's the attitude that we need to have. And when I say we, I mean all of us. You got to call people out. All right? You know, we tell white people that uh, who swear racism is gone is that it's because you don't check your white friends when they're making the racist jokes. You don't check your white friends when they're, they're putting smut on your black coworker's name. You don't check your white friends when they're calling the police for black people minding their fucking business. We got to do the same shit. Because the only reason that white people have these talking faces to put, to, to put a, a black face on their bullshit is because we let them. It's because we let them. Because if we nip that shit in the bud, they would still be there. They're, they'd still be coons. But their appeal to become the, the face of cooning would be a lot less because they wouldn't have the audience. We would laugh at them. They would, White people would laugh at them. No. White people, the Republicans are trying to find these young, conservative, Negro faces to identify with the, the younger Americans. They even got that stupid rapper who, plot twist, evidently that nigga needs a kidney infection or, so, or a kidney transplant. And it got a GoFundMe. This motherfucker been talking about, oh, Obama. And again, I'm I'm not necessarily an Obama stand, but, you know, oh, Obama this, right wing that. Trump's going to make it. But, nigga, you don't have medical benefits. And Trump ain't about to give you none. So now your medical insurance is GoFundMe? Ha, nigga. Ha, put that in the bar. You know, we, we got to nip this shit in the butt. Steel sharp and steel. And a lot of you niggas, unfortunately, are some tinfoil ass niggas. It's just, it's just what it is. All right? Like... Like, if we are scared to call people out, young, old, just because they are friends, because they are our parents, our aunties, our cousins, our mothers, our fathers, we we got to close ranks. We got to tighten ship because this shit ain't working no more. All right? And I'm not suffering nobody on my watch. It, it's just not going to happen. I check myself, so you damn sure know I'm going to check you. And for some reason, YouTube thinks, must think it's funny because... You know, they keep putting these these prominent coons on my fucking YouTube feed. I don't follow these motherfuckers. Lately, it's been that, uh, what's that Bama's name? Officer, hold on. YouTube. Tatum. Officer Tatum. And it's like the stupidity is dripping off. And, and when I say stupidity, I'm not talking about his views. I mean, they're dumb, but I'm not talking about his views or like his political affiliation. Like I am 100% certain that he is stupid, like legit dumb, like the type of nigga to copy off that they'll be asking me for my homework in, in high school. I, I would pay money to see his high school transcripts. I, that nigga is dumb. And not only that, he's weak willed. Like, and it's not just his little Southern accent. Cause I, I, I went to school in Tuskegee. So I don't think people who, who have a Southern draw are just stupid. No, it's him. It's the, it's the, it's the, I bet you that analogy section of the ACT or the SAT or whatever it is, beat his ass because the way he makes these leaps from something happening to this, it, it's just ridiculous. And it's no wonder that he found moderate success as a police officer because that's all they got to do. 
Oh, does this check a box? Okay, we'll let the judge figure it out. That so that's that. If you notice, a lot of cops barely have an associate's degree. It's it's on Bama's that, and I got love for ethical police who do it right. So I and I hate that I even fucking have to qualify that. And that's the last time I'm gonna do it. But there's it's no it's no mystery why a lot of these motherfuckers are the dudes who. You know, played ball in high school, never got their look at the at the next level, or motherfuckers who were bullied in high school, and suddenly they get all t- uh, a position of authority or whatever, and you know they they didn't get college scholarships, so now they're working here, so they can get whatever local jurisdictions benefits to finish their degree, whatever it may be. All right, but these motherfuckers are not smart, and they go to the little academy for what six weeks, two months, three months. I don't know who how long they are, but I know they're not that long, and suddenly they are experts on law. Like we don't have to send lawyers to four years of law school and then they got to go get uh bar certified to practice and all that. But this idiot that, that was cheating off your paper in civics is an expert on the law and got a gun. All right. So I have he the, the dumb is just. Even if he wasn't talking this nonsense, I would just immediately like, please don't splash your stupid on me. Unfortunately, he's hooked his stupid to a water hose, a fire hose even. And he just stays on my page. And, of course, his hero is Candace Owens. And Candace Owens, all dry-haired, like, it, what? All these black women who spout this shit, and I, I want to use a word, but I'm not going to do it, at least not right now, because I don't want to hear y'all mouths. But it, it applies. They just always have the worst hair decisions. Like, it's either just dry split ends or just, like, a fucking wig from the original star trek like like what the fuck like and you can tell it's because they don't have any black friends they're not in the culture so this is how that happened now whether or not they were cast aside or whether or not that's just where they were born because their parents fled the who knows but the point is they ain't gang they just got a fucking tan you know what i mean and they want to boil it down oh you're making fun of my aesthetics no your aesthetics are why we're making fun of you it's a difference it's not causing us it's a symptom of it and Evidently, she's pregnant, so now she's about to hatch another coon. So th- that's why it is of the utmost important that we police our importance that we police our own. All right, just like racists ain't getting old and dying out, they're passing it on to the next generation. So are these fucking coons. So we need to nip that shit in the butt whenever we see it. It is it's just that simple. Um, what else we got going on here? Where's my sticky note? Ah, here we are. Um, a lot going on for me this weekend other than my COVID scare. I got a new gun. And uh, actually, I got a new gun and a half. The new gun, I have a Manelli M4 shotgun uh, for my home defense gun. Paid a pretty penny for it. Got to go to the range. I posted a video about um, if anybody's thinking about getting a shotgun from the house and what they need to do. So be sure to check that out on the YouTube channel as well. And I also started a conversation about um, ammunition. Um, the goal, not only just to be talking about guns, but to put them in the context of the current gun climate and the gun debate in this country, because a lot of you are voting Democrat and whatever. I'm not going to get into it because Trump is evil, whatever. If you're going to vote Democrat, vote Democrat, but understand that they also use us to disarm us. Because if you notice that the prominent face of the anti-gun violence is the kids in the schools and some black mother who's lost their child. Okay. And at Black people have been buying guns in droves and record numbers because a lot of you finally realize that these races ain't going nowhere. 
electing Biden is not going to fix it any more than electing Barack Obama ended racism in this country. So if you win and you get him in there and you're going to lay down your arms proverbially because a lot of you just buying the gun, going to go to the range, shoot a mag if that, put it in a box and wait for a noise in the night. That's that's your ideal situation. You're not training. But understand that if and when Biden wins, the Trump tires didn't go anywhere. In fact, they're going to multiply. Because Trump only got elected because he was right. Trump said, I'm only here because of Barack Obama. Yeah, you're right. But not because of any kind of policies, because white people had enough that they were willing to put anybody white in following a, a Harvard graduate, internationally respected black man that had no scandals, no, no side bitches, no, no multiple wives, no kids, no pain, no porn stars, no none of that. That's why, so he's absolutely right. You're in office because of Barack Obama, but not because of the line that, that you're trying to feed the people. But I mean, that, that's just that's just another instance of white mediocrity being juxtaposed perpetually against black excellence. Um, you move over to the NBA, you know, they had their protests, which I respect in the that they were willing to do this. And I got to, I mean, the jerseys are cool and all, but I'm... I'm not for the performative. We talked about last pod when I had my, uh, my guest, uh, T Marie about the marches and why I'm not with the marches. So the, the jerseys and everything kind of were tantamount to marches and I'm not telling black people not to use their platform. Um, and that's another thing. Why does Candace Owens and, and, and officer dumbass get to say, Oh, stick to basketball. You use your platform for this when they don't mind when athletes parrot the same bullshit they're doing. Oh, and by the way, you motherfuckers don't have no degrees either. So what makes it okay for you, average random person who only exists because the, the machine is telling us that you exist to sell your book and, and whatever it is. But this athlete who only has a platform because he's at the best in the, he's among the best in the world at what he does. You're not even the best at anything. You know, maybe you have a YouTube following, but you're not the most followed person on YouTube. You weren't the most, copiest cop you weren't the most whatever the fuck Candace Owens did you weren't the driest haired woman on the planet close so so who where the fuck do you get off but they shouldn't have they shouldn't have a voice because Laura ain't Laura Ingraham whatever that crypt keeper looking ass bitch who are you who anointed you the gatekeeper of information so that's that's why you know I, I don't really watch hoop like that anyway I'm not a super basketball fan. I'll watch the finals or if the wizards in the playoffs, but I'm not just about to watch a bunch of games. It's just too many games for me, but I enjoy basketball. Like if, if somebody got me tickets or whatever, I would absolutely go to a basketball game. But I, if I'm going to watch sports, it's, it's pretty much going to be football or boxing or UFC. And even then it's got to be like a big fight. So, but I don't mind the, the players doing what they feel like they need to, or they can, as far as, as far as the jerseys, as long as it's kept in the context that nigga, this is like, this is a gesture. So when it came down to them actually not playing a playoff game, I said, Oh, we got action. Because, you know, I got a lot of shit from people. Well, you talk about this black shit, but you're, you're still watching the NFL because I'm like, if every black fan didn't buy any NFL merch, didn't go to an NFL game, didn't watch NFL on the TV, 
And by the way, unless you have a Nielsen device, it doesn't matter. They're not checking your ratings. But, okay, you don't go to a bar and commerce is affected. So not just the fact that you're not watching football, but you're not buying jerseys. You're not going to B-dubs and buying beers and everything. And, and businesses are feeling it. The NFL, That would be the most effective form of that blackout. And even then, the NFL would probably be like, okay, so. Because at the end of the day, the players have to do something. There is no NFL without us. There isn't. So if they sat a game out, then yeah, I wouldn't watch football. Not only because they're not playing, but because I rock with you. You know what I mean? But they're they're not, they're not willing to do that because, I mean, and I get it. You worked your whole life to get here. Um, and in, the, in football particularly, you have, what, three, four years? Is the average year, uh, average career in the NFL to do anything? And there's always the next man waiting for, you know, injuries to happen where people lose their job and, and never get it back in the NFL. So I, I, I understand that. But at the same time, it's like keep it, keep it real because cap risk it all. And you motherfuckers, all, all y'all had to do was just get behind him. And yeah, it's years after the fact. Now they're doing these little paltry, oh, we were wrong about this. We should have listened to him. You still not listening to him because the motherfucker ain't throwing a ball. The fuck? And it's just like cancer, you know. The NFL does what? October or September? One of the months where they do the pink and everything uh, for, for breast cancer. But it's like, they don't give a fuck about breast cancer. It's just they got in trouble with you know the the sexism and everything like that for the women and everything. So they make a donation, they 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 pink out their stuff. They sell more merch, so it makes them more money. They make a donation, and it's business as usual. Now, am I saying that cancer foundations should give the money back? Fuck no. But you gotta understand the, the it's a marketing machine. That's all this is. Mike told us before Michael Jackson. That is all he wanted to say was they don't really care about us. That that's just what it is. So I do give the NBA a little bit more credit, at least from the leadership. Um, I still don't trust them, but at least there there's measurables. Uh, what's the dude's name? Uh, Stern, David Stern. What's the commissioner of the NBA? Hold on. Commissioner of NBA. Oh, sorry. Who's David Stern? Adam Silver is the commissioner of the NBA. So let me Google David Stern. Where did I get that name from? American lawyer. Oh, he died. He was the old one. See, I know I wasn't tripping. Uh, yeah, so I, I give them credit for at least, you know, empowering their players to do it versus what the NFL was trying to do was shut up and play ball. But at the end of the day, at the end of, it's just gestures. So for them to stop playoff basketball, especially in this environment where they're already in a bubble, where the NBA has said, hey, we need to play games because there's too much money on this. COVID be damned, but we're going to go do it in a bubble. And then to stop it there, I was like, we got action. And then just as quickly as it started, it stopped. Now, I wasn't in the room. I was in the office from what I understand. Even Obama weighed in, and that's a powerful voice. Whether or not you agree with him or not, he's going to have influence on everybody in those locker rooms who grew up, who's younger than us, and, and watched a black president get elected. So it is what it is. Um, I guess the argument being, at least this is me assuming, because I don't have any NBA insiders, that they felt that their platform was more useful with people watching them and making statements. I on the one hand that's clearly a cop out because they just want to keep getting their contracts honored and the NBA needs to make something happen. But at the same time it's like the fact that they're willing to do that. That's unprecedented that that a playoff game, a postseason game stopped to the point where even the other sports just stopped games. But for but for where the money truly comes the the playoff games and in this environment where the NBA basically has Sports in a in a, in a, in a chokehold because the, basketball is pretty much the only sport where it's practical to do a bubble. 
and then they stopped. You know, I think there's potential there. Unfortunately, I think somebody else is going to have to die and catch headlines to see what they do then, if they do another game or if they just say, fuck it, we're hanging it up until this happens. Because that's what's going to have to happen. It's, it's bigger than basketball. It's it's that the CEOs, these, these millionaires and billionaires that own these teams are going to have to start lobbying, lobbying their politicians for us. Instead of going to their politicians, asking for the city of whatever the hell to subsidize this new stadium they don't need to move our team there, they're going to say, hey, my team's going to die if my players aren't happy. Get your cops together. That's what has to happen. I don't need I don't need commercials. I don't need jingles. I don't need inclusive Nike ads, campaigns, whatever. I need these billionaire team owners to lobby these these congressmen, to lobby these elected officials the way they do for their tax breaks, the way they do for their land grants, the way they do for their loans. And the only way to do that is to hit them in the pockets. Again, it's easy for me to say I, I never made it to that level of any kind of sport. I've never had millions in my face to walk in, away from. But at the end of the day, if you're going to say something, then be about it. Like if you're going to talk it, be about it. If not, just shut up. It costs nothing to shut the fuck up. Set maybe your own self-respect, but that's for you to pay, not us. Keep forgetting, man. What else we got here? And speaking, of, well, I want to phrase. I want to frame this correctly with the white mediocrity and the black excellence going on to Steve Nash and his new coaching appointment. Now, this is not Steve Nash hate. Like I said, I didn't really watch basketball, but when I did, I know that Steve Nash is that dude, okay? And I think that if there's a single position on the basketball court that would translate best to a coach, it's the point guard because the point guard is the one running the place. So you need to, just like quarterbacks can make great coaches in the NFL or really centers and and linemen who are calling the protections make uh, great coaches in the NFL, the same thing with a point guard in the NBA. So it makes sense. I, I think Jason Kidd was a pretty decent coach. Um, I think Teron Lue was a guard. I don't know if he was a point guard or not, but he he, he was a decent coach. But then that brings it up. It's like Teron Lue has gone to a championship. He's won a championship. Granted, he had LeBron James, but still. So why didn't his phone ring? Why didn't Mark Jackson's phone ring? He built what is the, well, not the current Warriors, but the Warriors we knew just a, it was all good just a year ago. Two years ago, those Warriors, he built them. How his phone didn't ring. And I'm sure Steve Nash is going to do a great job, but it's just like, what do we have to do to be on equal footing to at least get the same look? You know, when I when I'm going to do a video series on my YouTube channel about why I'm not in the military anymore. And it's the same shit, white mediocrity versus black excellence. And I'm one of the lucky ones because honestly, I could have been shot in the back of the head by a cop, but I just lost my career, not my life. And it would have been in North Dakota. There would have been no hashtags. There would have been no parades or, or, or protests or riots or for me up there. It just would have been it. They would have, they would have found a picture of me at a cue party, my shirt off, doing whatever, and said I was a loose cannon. Now it would have been a story of me. So, I mean, I, I wish Steve Nash the best, especially I, f- I feel like like what he's got Durant and uh, like I said, I don't watch who. Hold on, New York. 
Oh, yeah, Durant, Kyrie. Yeah, DeAndre, too. Oh, okay. Yeah, man, so uh, that seems like a good a good uh, situation there. And I, and I wish him well, but it's just like you got to wonder what, what else has to happen where even the people who played the game the best and, and have coaching success don't get looked at the same way. I don't know. Um, what else is going on here? Another news. Uh, evidently, there's a bunch of boats. <laughs> so there was like a Trump rally in Texas on a on a lake or some shit, and uh, a bunch of the boats sank. Which the irony upon irony stacked on with the metaphors is just fucking comedy. All right. Uh, so this was in Texas. And, you know, it's a, a Trump parade, which is funny to me because over this past summer, uh, the one little bit of AK we got was that my sister, who is married to a white guy, shout out Curtis, um, his mom's side of the family had like cabins down in uh, the Emerald Island in North Carolina. So we went down there for a week and uh, not cabins, but like, you know, those little beach houses or whatever. And uh, it's a tradition they do. So this is our first year going with them. So it was a good time. And you just saw these boats everywhere with all these, uh, it was 4th of July weekend, I think. Yeah. It was 4th of July weekend. So they had all the, um, American flags everywhere. Trump, this fireworks and everything. Just people in boats, you know, out there drinking with their Trump flags. So that's the image that I had. And then the boats are sink. And then you come to find out, and this is just a rumor. Obviously I wasn't there that it wasn't just like your typical water mishaps, uh, where people are drinking and boating and, and, Doing that, whoa! Anytime white people start doing that, whoa! I, I get fucking paranoid because you gotta wonder where's the nearest rope and all this other shit. But um, yeah. So I thought that that was just what happened—just boating, alcohol, bunch of Trump tards. I saw a, a photo of a boat, a large boat, a yacht, if you will, uh, that was on fire. And but then come to find out, it was because there were a lot of larger boats were speeding through the length, the the throughways creating large wakes, which were toppling over smaller boats. And of course it causing them to capsize and just the irony there. It's just like the fact of the matter is you're, you have a boat, so you must be doing pretty well in life because if, if you ever owned a boat, boats are a money pit. Uh, just from, even if you don't, even if you use the boat a lot, or if, if you just let the boat sit there, just keeping it, uh, C shape and, and, and the maintenance and, checking it out, you know, properly, and then knowing what you're doing, the licensing, registries, boats are money pits. So then if you have a nice boat, clearly you got disposable income for this because you're not living on it. And then if you got one of these big, huge boats, you super made it. But just the illusion that you think you made it, you're out here to have your nice little boat in time with the rest of the rednecks. A, a bigger fish threw you to the side and caused you to sink. If that's not Trump's America, I don't know what is. This is comedy. It's fucking hilarious. And now they're talking about coming to Georgia with it over at Lake Lanier. And here, everybody from Georgia that I know swears Lake Lanier is haunted. I don't fuck with ghosts. I don't believe in ghosts. Uh, if ghosts were real, there would be a lot of strangled white folk from our ancestors and whatever. But whatever. All right. But if it is haunted, and then they can't get it straight whether or not. Well, I'm sure somebody in Georgia knows. But everybody I talk to, it, it goes back and forth between it was a bunch of black people that got flooded out to make this lake. And then there was native. It was a Native American burial ground. Whatever it may be, whoever it is, both of them got plenty of grievances against Trump's America, 
If they have this rally, do your thing, ghosts. Do your thing. Now is the motherfucking time. But I don't know. This is a bizarre world that that we live in right now. And just turning on the news is just, just what the fuck, you know, more death, more more nonsense outside. Evidently, some some pilot. I don't know if this has been debunked yet. Swore he saw a fucking jetpack as he was trying to land, and so now it's like we got Mandalorians invading. Like what? Who, who, who knows? Um, what else we got here? Oh, shout out to my homie Janelle. Went to school at Tuskegee with her. She sent me this Instagram uh picture, which. If you notice, I got the green screen. I'm, I'm in the process of editing. If when you're watching this on YouTube, you see not a green screen, then I was successful. If not, maybe next week. <laughs> but I'll also attempt to do a picture in picture. So those of you watching this can uh, can look at it on my screen without having to go to Instagram. But in the event that I'm also unsuccessful there. Where is it at? If you guys go over to Instagram, it's talks with me and there's two E's and me. Um, there's a post and I'm assuming she has a podcast cause there's a microphone here, but it says my wife tricked me into practicing fake celibacy with her. And I already knew that this was going to be some bullshit, but I'll read y'all the post subject. My wife tricked me into practicing fake celibacy with her. Hey, at talks with me, I just found out that my wife was sleeping with other men while we were dating. When we started dating, she asked me to practice celibacy with her. At first, I was a little hesitant, but I loved and respected her, so I agreed. We didn't have sex until we got married. She made me wait three years. My wife used to play around and say, you know I'm single until you put a ring on it, right? I never thought anything of it, but now I know she was dead ass. And right there, let me put a pause in it real quick, is when I knew that this was a Negro. Because I swore this could only happen to white folk. I'm like, what? I thought maybe it might be black dude when he said a little hesitant. Because it's L-I-L. And then... The bird, you know, I'm single till you put a ring on it. Okay, that's not necessarily bird speech, but birds use it. But the dead ass lets me know that this is this is a brother. You probably want no, you probably wondering how I found out about her shenanigans. Well, her younger sister is dating my cousin, and she told him that my wife didn't stop hoeing until the day she walked down the aisle. Yeah, <laughs> you hope, nigga. My cousin then called me and told me everything. Why why you do that, cousin? Just shut the fuck up. Like, like we not this man on distress. Like, if you wasn't gonna tell him before, why you tell him now? When I confronted my wife about it, she basically said, Yes, I was abstaining from having sex with you. <laughs> I always told you that I was single until you put a ring on it. She tricked me. Nah, nigga, you tricked yourself. She made me believe she was this wholesome, God-fearing, celibate woman, but all this time she was messing with all types of dudes. When I told her I was done with her ass, she let the cat out of the bag and revealed that she was pregnant. Now look at you, you big dummy. This whole situation is messed up, and I don't know what to do. Shit, at this point, I don't even know if the child is mine. What should be my next move? I'm going to go out on a limb and say he's still with it because and he ain't going nowhere. Because if he was really about the life, we wouldn't be having this conversation. And my friend Janelle tried to ask me what would I do in this situation. It's so beyond the realm of imagination because, nigga, I would never. Like, there was so much I would never in this. I'm not waiting no fucking three years for you. What the fuck? For three years for what? Because, like, okay, we do this and then we get married and then your sex is whack. Plot twist, that's not even worst case scenario because now there's this shit. But 
No, I'm not. I'm not getting married to somebody with, with wet palms. Like, like that. No, I don't buy cars without test driving them. What, what I'm gonna do this for? Then on top of that, it's like, let's say this somehow did happen to me that I waited for three years and found out. What the fuck is that to talk about, my nigga? Like, you you really need to get the fuck away from me. Oh, I'm pregnant with your child. Okay. Well, maybe it's my kid, and if it is, I'm going to put your ass on papers. Get the fuck away from me. For your own safety, you need to get the fuck away from me. I don't understand this, but then again, I don't pretend to speak for any man. Um, hold on, I said micro SD card has limited space. We're going to take a break while I figure out what's going on with my card. All right. All right, we back. Memory card change. I don't know. I didn't. That could have been no 8 gigabyte file, but whatever. That's a lot. Uh, where do we leave off? Not really sure. Boat sinking. Yeah, I think, I mean, I pretty much said everything I wanted to say about that. Uh, on to new topic. Xavier University down in New Orleans, Louisiana. New Orleans. New Orleans? New Orleans? New Orleans? New Orleans, whatever. Uh, my sister currently is a student there, and she is a graduating senior uh, in their pre-mode pre-med program and for those of you who don't know well there's levels that don't know if you went to an hbcu what i'm about to say is not going to surprise you uh even though this is even for us pretty bad in my opinion but for the last three years xavier has been to put it politely mishandling their freshman intake and housing situation when my sister went down there she got freshman housing of course but as soon as her next year her sophomore year she was forced to go find housing elsewhere because the university brought in a quote record amount of freshmen and they had to give the freshmen priority housing. Now, you know, shit happens and that's still terrible, but this shit happens, but it's one thing if shit happens, but they told these kids this after they've gotten off planes uh, two days before classes start. Moreover, how the hell does that happen? Like you, the university know how many slots you have. You know what, what your capacity is. You tell people yes or no. So you didn't accidentally overbook. And if you did, maybe what, 5, 10, 20 students? No. Enough that you got to clear dorms for these people. And it's clearly a money grab. It's clearly a money grab where, because, you know, at the end of the day, we vote. We go to college or watch a different world at the very least and said that, seen that, look to the left of you, look to the right of you. One of you is not going to be here. In four years, but unfortunately, with HBCUs in particular, at least it's been my experience. I did four years at an HBCU, and then I did my fifth year at a PWI. And I'm not saying PWIs are perfect or anything, but I'm just telling you my experience as someone with a degree from an HBCU. That it comes down to the fact that college is a business. I understand that, and and they need money, but it's our HBCUs are exist because they have a responsibility to our community. So on the one hand, it's, it's amazing that they give people an opportunity to go to college who probably wouldn't get a chance at PWI schools. That's, that's fine. PWI school, PWIs. That's fine. But you're supposed to have a vested interest in their success. You can't make it. You can't, uh, you can lead a horse to water. You can't make them drink. I understand that. But you're supposed to be fostering an environment and, and doing everything you can to make sure these kids matriculate and kicking them off campus. Especially, is not in that vein. But the fact of the matter is by the time you've done that, you've already obligated them to finish their degrees, at least in part at your school because accreditation or, you know, having 
credits transfer that may not transfer or they, what do you care? You've already gotten their Pell Grant money. You've already gotten their student loans. You got paid. You got your money. Let's get some more. That's, that's how you're looking at it. And it's become painfully obvious. Okay. So one off year, whatever. And, and then they didn't even want to make it their problem after, after the students raised hell about it. Oh, okay. Well, we'll talk about to this other college who either either has extra buildings or is closed. Oh, we'll get you housing here, but you got to, keep our meal plan even though the cafeteria is miles away and we're not going to have transportation for you. Oh, by the way, you got to pay for your own Wi-Fi and all this other bullshit. Like, what? what? And Xavier's not cheap. Especially out of state. That's unset. But okay, one off year, right? They've done this every year since my sister's sophomore year. Okay? Every year. Now you factor in a global pandemic. The housing situation is already jacked up. Now they do this again. And oh, by the way, the latest bullshit comes in letter format. And I'm going to read this to you. Um, It's a two. How many pages is this? One. Okay, no, it's a one page letter. It's just my sister sent it to me twice. I'm going to read it to you. From the desk of C. Reynolds Verrett, Xavier University of Louisiana, and Walter M. Kimbrough, President, Dillard University. Dear students, staff, and faculty of Dillard and Xavier Universities, our communities have been hit hard by the COVID-19 pandemic with harrowing consequences for the lives and health of our fellow citizens. Overcoming the virus will require the availability of vaccines effective for all peoples in our communities, especially our black and brown neighbors. Phase three vaccine trials have begun across the nation, including in New Orleans. It is of the utmost importance that a significant number of black and brown subjects participate so that the effectiveness of these vaccines be understood across the many diverse populations that comprise these United States. We, the presidents of Dillard and Xavier, are already participating in the Ochsner Medical Systems, I don't know, I don't know if I'm saying it right. It's O C H S N E R Medical Systems current vaccine trial, which is underlined. As part of the study, we received our injections and have been monitoring and reporting any symptoms and side effects. Upon our enrollment, we were fully informed, and any possible risks that would exclude us from the study were disclosed. We are both well. We appeal to the students, faculty, staff, and alumni of Dillard and Xavier and our sibling institutions to consider participating in this trial or others being conducted. The people and communities we served look at us, excuse me, the people and communities we serve look to us as an example. Our participation in such studies will help find ways to better fight the pandemic. As presidents of HBCUs, we do recall unethical examples of medical... Re- oh, you think? Motherfucker, I was wondering if you were going to touch this. We remember the Tuskegee Civilist Study, which misused and caused harm to African Americans and other people of color, undermining trust in health providers and caretakers. Today, there are many regulations in place to assure the ethical execution of medical studies. Oh, ethical uh, regulations. That, that should do it. Including oversight by human subjects committees with diverse membership and participant, participation of clinicians of color. You mean like Ben Carson? Shut up. Two of the leading physicians are doctors Julia Garcia Diaz and Evans Laborde. We hope that you will consider enrolling. You may send an email to COVID vaccine at org or leave a message at 
504-703-8283. Feel free to spam that bullshit ass number because what the fuck to receive more information. We have before us a significant opportunity to serve and advance the cause, not just for ourselves, but for our sisters and brothers suffering from the effects of this virus on their fam- on their families and communities. We are Dillard. We are Xavier. Get the fuck out of here. You are a fuck boy. That's what you are. Where the fuck did they get off? And had the, the nerve, the audacity, the unmitigated gall to bring up the Tuskegee syphilis study, which they didn't misuse black people. They, they, they used us as they saw fit, as lab rats. And now you want these students who you can't even house properly as is. But now let's say this fucking trial gets out of hand. Then what? Where are they supposed to live? You ain't figured that shit out. Dog. I'm honestly, I don't even know where to go with this other than I hope y'all y'all see this shit. I hope any, nobody listening to this has anybody that goes to Xavier right now, but this is some bull shit. Like, send this shit to Tulane, who's got a medical school. Send this shit to, to any of them other schools because Tylenol don't care if I'm black. Tylenol don't care if I'm white. So, so if the vaccine works, it's going to work. Let them figure that shit out. Don't get me wrong. I am not an anti-vax person, and black people have been irritating me for months. Because they're not even, I'm not telling you not to take a vaccine. I'm telling you not to relax your standards and not be skeptical. Okay. There's room for both. But the fact of the matter, and and black and brown people are the most uh, disproportionately affected by this pandemic because we're the most disproportionately affected by anything negative from a health crisis to, to, to socioeconomic injustice to, to anything. It's going to hit us harder because we are the most vulnerable. So if there is a vaccine, Black people need to take the fucking vaccine. But that's if. Not no rush bullshit that's, that's some guinea pig shit. Make them figure this shit out. We are not fucking guinea pigs. And I got into it with uh, particularly some of my African and Haitian friends because they were talking about this over in Africa where, uh, you know, the whole Bill Gates, I'm not getting into that fucking conspiracy theory with y'all right now. But, oh, they want to test it on Africans. And, and I understand the destruction. And, yeah, don't get tested on do not let them just bring you some bullshit that they haven't tried elsewhere. But the fact of the matter is, if and when a viable vaccine is available, black people need to take it. But this ain't that. And the fact that our, our the, the leaders of these institutions are pulling for this, all the while you see, you see the regard that they have for their students under normal circumstances. That they just cast them to a city. Regardless of, uh, they don't care how they get to, to school, if they're, if they're living somewhere safe in the city, if they have the resources they need to do their work, the Wi-Fi, the printers, and if they can even fucking eat. And now you want these motherfuckers to be lab At least lab rats get fucking fed and monitored. But you don't give a shit. Just come in and stick this shit into my veins and then go about your business. Fuck you. You can tell them I said it too. Like, like oh my fucking God. Yeah, if, if any of my uh, friends, Facebook friends, are or anybody listening to this is a lawyer or just got time, spam these motherfuckers and let them know that this shit is not okay. And, and if, if you don't have ties to Xavier, but you have ties to your own HBCU, bring this shit up because I'm sure it's happening elsewhere. I'm sure. This is some refried bullshit. I cannot believe this. My sister ain't taking that shit. Believe that. All right. Enough of the heavy shit, I guess. So, back on Xavier, but in a better light. Um, on my Facebook, again, if 
a lot of you probably don't follow my Facebook because I can't add any more. Well, I got a little bit more room, but I'm saving those precious few spots for people. But you can always follow me on Twitter at the penis mighty or the pen is mighty, however you want to say it. D A P as in Paul E N I Z as in Zulu M I G H T I E R. Or um, obviously on this podcast, uh, we're on Spotify and Breaker now. But hold on, let me check my anchor. I think I got added to some more people. Where does it go? Available on five platforms. Let's list them off. Oh, nigga, I'm on Apple. No, that's not Apple. Where's it at? So Anchor, Breaker, Google Podcasts, Radio Public, and Spotify. Manual distribution. Oh, okay. So yeah, I I have a link now that I can submit it to Apple. So I'll be working on that in the near future because I know a lot of you or I horse, but whatever. We'll get, we'll, we'll get that at another time. But I wanted to bring up a artist on my Facebook. I asked because I'm in the search for, you know, an intro and outro, but I also see an opportunity where I can showcase some creatives, some black creatives. You don't got to be black, but some black creatives uh, who might not get a look elsewhere, who are on the, uh, on the come up. And, you know, I'm not trying to make any money off of it and I'm not going to charge. I'm not going to charge them. And I told them they can't charge me because I ain't got no money. But we have a submission. And I like it. Now, I listened to it already, but I think in the future I might just do a cold listen with you guys. So you guys can get my reaction for, you know, for the for the pod, if you will. But. This one comes out from a guy named Mateo. And Mateo hails from, he was born in Los Angeles, and in his own words, he creates cathartic, he creates art through cathartic experiences. He believes that music is the universal language that has been used to change the world and transform people's lives. He's a doctoral student at Xavier University of Louisiana, and he teaches foreign languages in Northeast Louisiana public school system. He only has a couple singles at this time, and they are on digital platforms right now, but more of his music and singing can be found on SoundCloud. I'll post this SoundCloud link in the description, but for those of you listening, it's http colon soundcloud.com forward slash Mateo, spelled M-A-T as in tango, E as in echo, O-1963, or on his IG at Native Soul. The O in Soul is actually a zero. And uh, I've got his track here. It's called Magnolias and Mattresses, and it's a vibe. So enjoy. Who said you fled? Truth is, there we walked away. I fell so high. Running through the process, your breath, my heart, magnolias and mattresses. Held on far too long, messing up my karma. So enjoy a happy ending as long as I'm still healing. I've got mustard hiding underneath your bed at night. Tested and full blown 
the stars of the weapon here Your head, my heart This game's so ridiculous Held on too long Broken on the broken part So enjoy a happy ending As long as I'm stealing I've got monsters hiding Underneath your bed at night I want you to know that Well, love it does I feel Oh, I love because I forgive Because I forgive you. You have love because I forgive you. Want you to know that. You have love because I forgive you. So enjoy your happy ending. As long as I'm stealing, I've got monsters hiding underneath your bed at night. fucks with that hort it's called magnolias and mattresses by mateo again make sure you guys check out his soundcloud uh and hit him up man make him t- put that fire on him and give us some more because that was i fucked with it. i hate you singing ass niggas dog do you understand what could happen if i could sing i, I would use my powers for you but i wouldn't be trying to like be famous just singing to random baddies in the mall like yeah it's probably why i can't sing anyway uh yeah that was hot I liked it. That's that incense and dim light music. Yeah. Shouldn't listen to that by myself. Now I'm in my feels. Anyway, um, that's pretty much it for this pod right now. Um, more to follow, obviously, next week. My goal, I'm deciding on whether or not to uh, drop these on Mondays or Tuesdays. Uh, thinking leaning more towards Tuesdays because I feel like a bunch of people drop on Monday, but at the same time, who cares? So... It'll be one of those days, um, but this one's only coming out late because, like I said, I had a lot going on this weekend. Um, as always, I'd be remiss if I didn't mention that it's still a great day to bring justice to the killers of Breonna Taylor. Uh, if you got a minute, go spam that fucking Caillou-looking-ass, coon-ass prosecutor who's dragging his fucking feet, who had the nerve to say her name at the goddamn Republican National Convention like it's not him holding up what we need. Fuck him. Uh, obviously we, we, we want to see justice for Jacob Blake. I am glad that he is no longer chained by his useless legs. Now that, that were stolen from him by a fucking coward. Um, it's going to come to a head, man. It really is. Um, I hate, who was that? Robert Horry. Was it Horry? That made, uh, that went on ESPN. And one day he was like real emotional talking about his conversation with his son. Let me look. I just be throwing shit out here, Robert Horry. 
song conversation. I'm just Googling shit. Yeah. So Robert Horry went on uh went on TV and basically was talking about how this conversation that so many black men have with their kids about just making it back home and doing what you have to do, step on your pride, swallow it, because we can deal with that tomorrow. You gotta get back. And then to a place of truth and rage, saying if that if they kill you, I'm gonna kill them. But then he had to walk it back because that scared the wife. Well, fuck y'all. Because that that's exactly the time we need to be on. They're not gonna understand the shit until it gets back. Um, I don't know, maybe he had investments and other shit he got to protect by walking it back, but no, he didn't. No, he didn't. And he meant what he said, and he said what he meant. It is what it is. Um, y'all stay safe out here, man. I don't I don't want to read about anybody that I know any more than I want to read about the people I don't know because we're all family. Uh, but at the same time, all skin folk and kin folk, and we got to police these coons. We got to do animal control. Um, again, askaps at gmail.com if you want me to talk about something or if you want me to has something out. If you have, if you're an up and coming artist that you would like me to feature your music or on here, go ahead and uh, hit me up. Basically, I just need an email blurb saying I have permission to use your music. That you are the sole creator, uh, so I'm not going to get sued at some point by this. That and you know I'm not paying you, and I need a downloadable version, downloadable version of it. So yeah, MP3 preferably, but whatever. Um, that's all I got. Remember in your daily lives and everywhere you go, control your experience at all times. And I hope I see you next week. Have a good one.